Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hey, you guys, it's Anna David here with the After Party Pod. And what do you think of me presenting you with your first non-addicted guest? What do you think of that? We have a new theme song. I've been getting you guys acclimated to that for a while. But this is the first guest that, uh, you know, is relevant in terms of the new theme song. And, um, you know, I'm easing you into this non-addict thing because... The thing he has gotten over is coming from an alcoholic family. He himself is not an alcoholic, but boy is his dad. You will hear all about it. And um, he happens to be, I mean, the truth of the matter is when I reached out to him to ask him if he would do this podcast, I didn't know or care if he'd ever gotten over anything. I just find him to be so funny. I don't know quite what to do. And so... I, I knew that he, I, I mean, what I can be open with you guys. If I can't tell you, who can I tell? Um, I know him from Atlanta. Oh, my God. That was just like a crisis was just averted. Wow, this is serenity. I'm, I'm not going to stop and re-record. Anyway, knew him from Al-Anon. It was like the moment that I outed myself as a member of a 12-step program, the microphone started to fall on the ground as if the microphone was saying to me, you're not supposed to say that, but God, I, I mean, look, we could talk for hours about anonymity. And by, by that, I mean, I could talk for hours about it. And, um, you know, ultimately, my feeling when I first started doing this stuff um, uh, is you never mention it at all because you are, you know, forbidden from mentioning it. And in my first book, in fact, I, I don't, I wanted to be able to share what I got out of the program without disobeying that tradition. And so I renamed things. I mean, so to the point of retardation, I obeyed this and I called sponsors. I don't remember what I said four minutes ago, so I certainly don't remember what I wrote 10 years ago, but I called sponsors something and I called amends, apologies. And I remember I got an email from someone who said, but an apology and amends is not the same thing. And she was right. Um, and anyway, I, then when I started working at the fix, I had said, I will not do this job unless, you know, I am guaranteed we're never going to mention AA. And, um, and then I started to see how people were, uh, you know, trashing it without knowing anything about it. And so then I felt, well, I'm going to only mention it when it feels absolutely imperative that I do so. Anyway, so I, I do make an effort to not say the words AA or, um, or do any of that. But, you know, it, by way of explanation, I am telling you that I am also an Al-Anon um, because I got a lot of alcoholic friends, most of whom are sober. 
all of whom are sober. And, um, you know, and Al-Anon is not just for people who uh, come from alcoholic families so much as people who come, you know, mental illness is more the deal in my family. And it's really for kids who grew up uh, where there was so much going on in the family that the kids never really got a chance to be kids. It was, um, you know, uh, the emphasis was on the parent that was the problem, I would say. Anyway, that is certainly not an official definition of Al-Anon. I provide no official definitions. Um, but I did know this guy from there, so I knew that he was working on his issues related to alcoholism, and I listened obsessively to his podcast, uh, Walking the Room. If you are not listening to it, um, we, I, you know, I don't know what to say to you guys. Like, it, 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 It's disgusting and funny and um, addictive, and um, anyway, I, you know, he talks very openly about his dad being an alcoholic on that podcast. And so anyway, my point is I just wanted to have him as a guest. I didn't know how far along his journey um, in terms of getting over the issue he was. And as it turns out, um, I mean, he credits Al-Anon with changing everything in his life, which is pretty amazing because um, he and I get into this. But there are a lot of people in Al-Anon who are doing nothing, not that we judge. And frankly, um, I am one of those people that's not doing a lot. You know, I'm not sponsoring. I'm not sponsored. I'm not doing steps right now in Al-Anon. But, um, but I have had, I've experienced a lot of changes. Anyway, point being that it was good to talk to him. He and I are actually, did I say his name yet? I mean, Dave Anthony, two first names, much like myself. Um, he and I are both from Marin County up north. And, um, he, uh, I just, yeah, big fan. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm a little tired these days and, and I'm noticing my eyes were really red today and it reminded me of when I used to get high, meaning smoke pot in high school. And uh, that further reminded me of when my friend Katie, we all got stoned before school and Katie put what she thought were eye drops in her eyes and it was tape cleaner. She's not blind. She did have to be rushed to the hospital. Oh my God, that was weird. I just remember that. So, but anyway, it was interesting to talk to Dave. Um, you know, he is very uh, in acceptance about uh, the dysfunction he comes from. And I, I think he, it sounds like he's handling it really, really well. Um, and, you know, I, I try not to talk that much about my dad. I don't know if I try not to. Um, you know, I, my dad is, you know, troubled. And I, um, you know, I don't know how well I deal with it. I sometimes think I'm dealing with it as best as I possibly can. I certainly work on it a lot. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's not unlike Dave's situation. And so, you know, that was good to talk about. Okay, well, that was a first. I was talking so much, I cut myself off. Well, the card became full. I don't know what I was saying. I think I said the word egregious, which um, I enjoyed, you know, because it made me feel smart. But anyway, um, yeah, Woody Allen, Dave Anthony's dad, my dad. Three peas in a pod. Not really. Although, I will tell you that my mother was supposed to go out on a date with Woody Allen. I'm not joking. When my mom was in college, she went to college in Northern California, her roommate was dating this guy named Herb Gold, who's a writer. And I actually know his sons because I went to 
grammar school with them. And this woman said to my mother, I'm going out with Herb tonight. He's, he's bringing this comedian friend, Woody Allen, you should come. And, and she didn't. So it's funny. I had forgotten about that during my obsession with the Woody Allen thing. Anyway, I forgot to tell Dave Anthony that Dave, if you're listening to this, isn't that weird? Anyway, it felt good to, um, to, though it was annoying, it was good to have that card feel full because here is my experience with doing these intros. You feel, you know, stupid doing them, you know, cause you're sitting here talking into, you know, in my case, two mics and you're in a room by yourself and you hear everybody try to do it as well as Mark Marin does it. And, um, fail. And so then you think, well, why can't I do what Mark Maron does? I mean, he just sits there and talks so enjoyable and to listen. And so then you try and you fail and you, you know, are in your head about the whole thing. But, but anyway, you know, and you'll talk and talk and talk and you feel like you have talked forever in a day and you look down and it's been 23 seconds or something. So anyway, um, my point is this, my point is that Dave Anthony is very funny. He is also on Mark, speaking of Mark Marin, they're old friends, and Dave is a character, uh, a character named Dave Anthony on season two of Marin on IFC, which will begin airing this May. He also wrote on the show, and he has, as I mentioned, this incredibly funny podcast with uh, show favorite, show guest, Greg Barrett. It's called Walk in the Room, and um, he also is a podcast pioneer of sorts. He uh, started LA PodFest, which is this very cool event that um, I covered last year for the Huffington Post, uh, where there are lots of live podcasts, there are panels, there are all sorts of things. And um, yeah, he's just a nice guy. He really seems like he's not a nice guy. I, I, I knew him for years and uh, and thought that he wasn't. And um which is funny because the whole thing in Al-Anon is that everybody's a people pleaser and everybody wants to be liked and all of that. And he, he definitely does not have that quality. And in fact, when I went to interview Greg for this very podcast six months ago or whenever that was, I said, you know, I got to be honest. I'm, you know, I know that guy you do that podcast with. I don't know. I don't I, like I, I just don't think we really like each other. So I said something to that effect. And then Greg told me that he said to Dave, Okay, Anna David came on my podcast, whatever, came and interviewed me for her podcast, and he goes, oh, Anna, she's really cool, showing me that I'm, I'm the one with the problem, which is not an altogether new revelation. But anyway, um, he's, he's actually really sweet uh, once you get past the gruff exterior, which I feel that I now have. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with him. I hope you adjust to this, oh, my God, he's not an alcoholic. I think you will. And, um, and, you know, please do not be afraid to tell me. He looked at, uh, Dave, you know, a podcasting pioneer, as I mentioned, looked at my reviews on iTunes, which is to say my lack of reviews and said, well, why aren't people reviewing it? And I said, I don't know. I said, I get tweets. I even get emails and it feels sort of desperate to get a tweet or an email that says, I really enjoy your podcast or blah, 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 blah. And to respond with, can you please review me? But I, so I don't, but I am doing it now. So yeah, reviews. It's, it's the only way people find your podcast is if you get reviews. And it's the way iTunes does the rankings is not by how many downloads you have, but by how many 
reviews you have. So please hook me up, people, and uh, enjoy this uh, episode with Dave Anthony. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God, I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal, I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? And this is a podcast? This is called a podcast? <laughs> I understand that you have never heard of this form of entertainment before. No, I don't before. know what this is. Um, what happens? So, I know this is weird. Are we, are we online right now? <laughs> You're funny. live online. You know oh. that video camera that you just noticed? <clears throat> yeah. Shooting it. Oh my, hi. <laughs> That's America you're waving at. It's really great. Um, yeah, no, this is, to- this is very much an honor because you are absolutely the co-host of the podcast that is the best. It is... Barn on my favorite well, podcast. No. What it is. It's pretty dirty. I know. I know. I told <laughs> Greg. I, when I started to tell Greg how obsessed I was with it, he was like, like that worries me a little bit. <clears throat> we were. I was really surprised at how many women enjoyed us. Yeah. I think that women have been out there wanting yeah. material that is what the same as guys listen yeah. to, but they're just not being, they weren't being given it. And well, now that they have access to whatever they want, and you're finding out, oh, they like they like the same stuff. I'm just surprised at how how many of them are into just super dirty stuff. Okay, first of all, that makes me feel better that there are lots of other A women lot. that are into I would it. Say more, I would say maybe more than half of our audience. Really? Yeah. Because your live show that there was that was all weird dudes. Oh, you had a lot of there were there were a lot of dudes. Where at the at podcast the, festival? No, no, at the improv, right? At the improv. Oh yeah, the improv. Was it a lot of weird dudes? A lot of them. Well, it's also a lot of weird dudes. Yeah, but but so first of all, that is my point. But second of all, I don't think it's that dirty. No, you, you talk no, I a know. lot about ass. Yeah, but you don't a lot not like talk. sex ass. You are too married. Valley yeah. men, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, what's I'm, dirry yeah, I about guess that? I'm in the valley now. <laughs> did you? Did I'm, you just move to the I valley? Moved, well, I moved to the San Gabriel uh, Valley. That's the valley. I guess it's okay. Own it. I consider San Fernando to be the valley. Whatever. I still can't accept. If you had a, do you have a home phone? No. If you had one, would it be eight one eight? You know what? We don't have to get into area codes. <laughs> area codes are. So as we were saying, two valley dads. <laughs> That's very defining. But no, my point is this. My point is that I don't think it's that dirty. It, like, and Greg kept saying, oh, it's so dirty. And it's not. I mean, d- talking about picking up things with your ass is not so much dirty. It's just repulsive. Yeah, you know? it's repulsive. Yeah. And I, But I also think women are really into Howard Stern. That is true. My wife was really into Howard Stern. Yeah. 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 Um, so, because, okay, the truth is, so, so when I reached out to Greg to have him on the podcast, I listened to like... Maybe one of walking oh. the room. Yeah, that's all I've done. Oh, so you did. Oh, okay. So, you did a little research and that was it. Yeah, I did the cursory research yeah. that you have to do. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing. And I never, <laughs> no, I just didn't get it. Can I yes. use that as a quote at some point? <laughs> with the, Anna David. With the dot, dot, dot. That's, <laughs> that's kind of dot, dot, dot a weird thing. Um. But I also had this strange, this strange experience, which is that I knew you. Yeah. 
And quite frankly, this is how you know I'm telling you the truth now when I tell you you're the funniest man alive. No. Never thought you were funny at all. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, well, that... <clears throat> I mean, can I... People you, know where, people know where, where you, people know your background, so can okay, I say yes, it? Okay, yes, yes, yes. I don't care. Allowed, yeah, yeah, Okay, so, so in 12-step rooms, yeah. I am an Al-Anon guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have always considered when people go in there and are funny... Oh, the I worst. I don't think they're being honest. It's true. And I don't think they're there for recovery. Yeah. I think they're there. They're just feeding into Shit. the... They're, well, they're feeding into the, the thing that got them there, which is this right. guarded, I I have to be liked by everyone. Right. Like, they're doing what they shouldn't be doing there. So whenever right. people... Because there's a lot of comedians here in LA, and I see them going to rooms, and I see them just do jokes, and I'm like... I know. You're not, that's not why you're here. Listen. I know. I know. It is true. It's so true. I mean, specifically in Al-Anon. I know more comedians in Al-Anon than I do in AA. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. There's a lot of comedians with alcoholic uh, parents. It's a good. It's a good background for a yeah. comedian. Yeah, you know. Yeah, lots of material. Um, well, you always want to cheer up your parents, so you're always trying to be funny. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, well, we alcoholics, we're just like, yeah, we're sort of funny. Like we're funny, but yeah. but not really. I don't no idea what generalization I'm making. But, <laughs> but but my point is this. So yes, I knew you from there, and you were never funny because you were working a good Al-Anon program, yes. apparently. But yes. I think there was some chat outside of meetings, like yeah. And this happened also, by the way, with Marin. I used to go to a meeting uh-huh. that he went to, and people were always like. Oh my god, that dude's so funny! Like yeah. I can't believe it. And I'm like, what? The guy who makes muffins? Because you would always bring in these like homemade muffins. <laughs> that like and I, I really was just like, oh, just people think like because he's successful, even though he mm-hmm. thinks he wasn't successful. Before people talked about him, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I thought the same thing was true. Like you were a comedian that people knew, and so people like people would be like, oh, Dave, Dave Anthony's funny. And I'm like, he's not. No, he's not yeah. at all. Well, you would be right. And I was also like, he's also kind of a dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that part I wasn't wrong about. But like. Well, that's my other thing I throw up. Uh, right. I'm either being funny or being a dick or sometimes both. But yeah. I like to. Th- my wife just thinks it's a total act at this point because she knows me. But yeah, I throw right. up the dick thing. Right. Right. It, it keeps worked. people away. That's totally worked. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I thought. Um, so I was like, well, what am I going to get from this podcast? And so I, and I just didn't really get it. And I would say maybe listening to one is not enough. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't know what happened after I interviewed him. Then I went and got, you know, into number two. <clears throat> yeah. Then I was like three, four, five. And then it was just, and it you're was, on, and you're well, on. and then I was in. And then the thing is, since you don't actually name the podcasts by the guests because you almost never have guests. Right. Then it gets super confused. Like, have I listened to, right. you know? Oh, yeah. That you got to remember the numbers. You got to remember the numbers. Yeah. And and then and then I would find myself listening to them over and over. I mean, weird, yeah. weird, weird stuff. Yeah, well, then you find stuff you didn't hear before. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, so, wait, tell me about... I know we're going to get into alcoholism, whatever. Talk, talk to me about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm obsessed. <clears throat> well, I... Uh... I, I am a comedian and a writer and an actor, so when we had our kid four years ago, a little over four years mm-hmm. ago, I was completely just starred of a creative outlet because I couldn't do stand-up at night. I was, right. I, was with, I was with him six days a week because my wife was starting her business. Right. So I was working with him. I was w- working with him. I was with him. <laughs> it felt like work. I was with him. Uh, and, you know, he's four months old, so all you're doing is just like... You're not getting a lot from them. No. You're just changing and feeding right. and sleeping. And and so after about, uh, I want to say, nine months or a year, I started noticing on 
iTunes comedians who I didn't think were very funny right. having success with podcasts, and it was driving me batshit insane. Of course, they now all do podfests, so you can't yeah, tell me who, I know, who, I who can't. you thought were not well, There's nothing hasn't been invited. But, um, so I was, I was just going crazy looking yeah. at these guys having success, and then there were other guys who I thought were very funny who were doing them. And I listened to a podcast called Uh Yeah Dude. What's that? It's a podcast that I love. It's uh, John Larroquette's son. Okay. And another guy who have been best friends forever. And they, uh, I guess they were on the phone one day talking. They talked for like two and a half hours. And one of the roommates was like, you guys should just start a podcast. And right. So they did. And they just talk about stuff that's in the news or like studies or, and stuff for an hour. And right. it's great. Right. Okay. It's a I'm great gonna, podcast. So, uh so I was like, oh, I could do that. Because yeah. Greg and I used to have an internet radio show during the dot-com boom. Okay, yeah. People paid you to do it? A lot of money. Which talk. which company that went under paid you it a lot of money? It was called Comedy World. Okay. And they, their idea was to just create a bunch of radio shows online and then put them on regular radio. Uh-huh. Which they did. We were in some, we were in like seven markets around the country, mm-hmm. tiny ones. So we had been trained in radio right. for a year by like really expensive producers right. and all that stuff. So we know how to do it. So I just called Greg and said, hey, do you want to try this once a week? And he was like, yeah, sure. And we just started doing it and we liked it. And knowing Greg, you had to buy the equipment. Yeah. Uh, tell. Oh, by the way. Well, no, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I had Paul Gilmartin on. And he... Yeah, he did help us. Yeah, no. But it, that was after like 60 episodes. Right. That the, the sound is really bad because first we just had what's known as a snowball mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have one of which those. Which picks up everything. Yeah, those suck. And we did the first 10 on that. And no, no, we did like the first three on that. And then I bought, I did, I bought a sound board with two mics and I couldn't figure out how to get it to work because it would usually be one mic on and the other one off because I was trying to do it through a Mac and I had a and I didn't have a USB connector so I was like doing all this stuff to make it work and it was just not working and and, and we did that for like 10 and that was and then we just started using a little handheld like microphone recorder. One mic- oh, like a yeah, little yeah, Olympus. Yeah, it doesn't. But we did it in a closet, so it sounded really good. Is that why you guys were in the closet? Yeah, that's okay. why we went into the closet. Okay, so, so you went- could cheap out on a mic. Yeah, if you record in a closet. Yeah, good to know. And then we got, and then we started selling T-shirts. And we started selling a lot of T-shirts. Right. And we we're like, okay, we should invest in sound equipment. So we right. called up Paul. Right. Who took us down to Guitar Center, and we actually bought what we use now, which is like a thousand dollars worth of equipment see okay so i had him i went to his house to have him on and he's like oh let's use my equipment and then he showed it to me and told me his big selling point was i got dave and greg (laughs) (laughs) and it was so confusing and he's such a sweetheart Uh, he literally wrote you know he has like 10 pages of instructions yeah yeah. he probably wrote them for you guys and now he does it regularly and i was so confused and overwhelmed by what he sent me that i figured i could never do it and instead when i went this guy caleb bacon really nice guy has a podcast called man school oh yeah um oh yeah he's part of podfest yeah um i went to go interview him and he showed me this and it was i yeah this is this is actually now if i had to do it over again yeah it's much, I would get a Zoom or one of these. It's very... Because I think it's much easier. It's easier. Um, but my point... Oh, and then one of the people that talked me into getting real equipment used you guys as a selling point. You know, you know, Dave and Greg tell people not to even listen to their first like 10 it's episodes true. because yeah. they sound so bad. They do sound really bad. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you got... So, but knowing Greg, I, I feel like you had to be like, okay, so we're interviewing... We're going to do this at like noon on Thursday. And he's like, Cool. And then he's ready for you at midnight on Friday. It wasn't that bad, but he was definitely, yeah, he was hard to corral. He's gotten harder to corral. Really? Times. Yeah. 
He's been the touring and stuff lately, right? A little bit. I don't know. He's just always got something happening. Yet, I booked you both for a show, and which one of you two Not showed me. up? <laughs> so, there's that. It's like the I was third sh- time I've had to do that in my career. I was shocked by the way when he showed up i i was oh, really? really expecting you and not him yeah yeah that makes sense yeah um so okay so you started doing this podcast and it was and it was funny i mean what did you decide were you just like we're just gonna talk well first i wanted to i wanted to sort of do a a, a lot of what uh yeah do did but they they go through topics really fast like they just maybe state the facts sometimes and i have nothing to say on it and move on right but i wanted to just have one topic per segment right so 20 minutes on each topic but then we just decided to just talk and tell stories about our lives. You get into current events, sort of. A little bit. We do sometimes. But, you know, the main thing behind it was it was two guys whose careers hadn't gone the way they wanted them to. Right. And people don't see that in L.A. You just hear the success stories. Okay, but well, so what's, what's ironic, I guess, is that because of the podcast... Would you, wouldn't you say you're, I mean, your career now, you're on Marin. Mm-hmm. You're writing on Marin. Yeah. You've got a hit podcast. Yeah. Okay. You, <laughs> you started this festival, which I know you make money at. There's no way you could say that your career is not really going. No, it's good now. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I good. mean, the podcast really changed it. It did. It uh, changed everything. I, I would have said I probably would have quit and been doing something else. What in God's name would you do? I want to be, I wanted to be a landscape architect. Oh, interesting. I thought about, uh, yeah, I was looking at schools and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. By the time when I started the podcast, I was thinking about making the jump, but everyone I talked to is like, you can't of the people I know were just like, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. Yeah. But I mean, are you happy anyway? (laughs) (laughs) A very valid question. Right. I am I am happy enough. Yeah. 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 Um and so how long did it take the podcast to sort of take off? Well you had Patton kind of hyping you from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, when Patton started hyping us, well the two things happened. Patton was hyping us a lot. Uh and then Marin came to a live one with his girlfriend, his mm-hmm. then girlfriend, and he went on his podcast and talked about us for like three minutes about how good it was. And that really made a difference. And the listeners really went up. Wow. I mean, a lot of them fade away. Right. You keep like 10% when people find you, I think. That's all? Yeah, if that. You don't That's keep so that depressing. Many. But it's fine because it's a slow, it's a yeah, slow yeah, build. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. slowly climbs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so then we kind of, it was funny because the week before, my wife had said, I said I wasn't happy with the numbers. My wife said, well, what would make you happy? And I just said, what, this number. Right. And then that, that week, all of a sudden, we were, had that Can number. Can we talk right numbers? Because maybe it'll. We have a really low number. I don't think I would consider it really low. <laughs> so the number in podcast land, I learned at your podcast festival, mm-hmm. the number you start making money is 10,000 downloads an episode. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say that. And um, everybody lies about their numbers, I also learned. Oh, do they? I, well, I they, think it's you real know, easy to. You know, oh, it's not. Oh, it's not? Because if you go on iTunes, if you like, if you know how many yeah. how many downloads someone's gets, when you go to iTunes, it says you might also like these other podcasts. Oh, that's th- not content; that's numbers. That's fascinating. So, so when you're when you're up there, you'll see other podcasts, and you'll know those all get the same numbers. Um, fascinating, but it's similar in some way. So those loser podcasts that come up, <laughs> <laughs> you recommend this, this. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> So, okay, so you guys start doing this, um, and then and then you had this idea, there should be a podcast festival. Yeah. 
and and somehow that worked. How do you even know how to make something like that happen? Mm, well, I knew that with all the you know the, there's all these podcast networks. Yeah, are are in my I'm intrigued by that. Well, in my opinion, they're um, bullshit. Yeah, they're bullshit. They're 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 the old studio system. They're right. We're going to give you a little bit of money for all the money you're making us, and we're going right. to take half of your half of the money. You could you could do this out of your garage, right? And make money. So there's no reason to go to a studio. You just it's just people are being a little bit lazy and, or don't have the money to invest in. However, this was four hundred dollars. Yeah, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could get it done. You could all in easily five hundred. Yeah. So, but people might have might not have that money, or maybe they just don't want to download it and put it up, and then put it it's and edit idiot it. proof. I mean, my cat yeah, can do it. I know, but there's people that still can't do it. So I can understand why they might not want to, but giving away fifty percent of your ad money, right. and then also once you sign in, then they go, okay, well, there's a built-in studio cost because you're using the right, studio, so right, they right. they owe them all this money. Like I know a guy who was doing his podcast for two years and then finally got a first check from a network, and he has. Big number downloads. Right, right. So, so what those things represented to me is sort of evil. Right. So I knew that eventually one of them was going to start a podcast festival because that was the next logical thing. Because we started doing live shows and they were very popular. So I thought, let's, let's cut this off before a bunch of assholes do it. Right. But you're friends with those assholes, aren't you? I am. I am friends with them. <laughs> and, I've, and I've actually gone on, I've actually gone on Earwolf on a podcast with the owner of Earwolf yeah. to debate what they're doing well it's i told i was very bitter towards them because they contacted me about the live show and said oh. we want to make true tales of lust and love into a podcast uh-huh. and i went in i did a pilot yeah. and um by the way you shouldn't have to do a pilot i know it's, it's but listen, you, you know what also shouldn't happen is what happened because no, we do this and it was really funny i mean we you know take one of the stories from the live show you know do this it was mm-hmm. it was great um and then I just got a call that was like, yeah, we're not going to pick that up. But it's sort of like, I didn't even click. You guys reached out to me. And so then I became obsessed oh. with I will not, only losers do their own podcast. I became obsessed with it has to be from one of the podcasting companies. Yeah. And I, you know, contacted all of them and then like got yanked around by the John Lovitz one. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And um, well, I don't know. I don't even know what's happening with that. One. I, it seems kind of messy. Well, John Lovitz is the classic example of someone who doesn't quite get it because yeah. they came. He we he he came to us about the podcast festival and we said, "Sure, we'll have you on." Right, like, and it's I went a name to that we can use. And he only had like ten people there or something, right, for his podcast, and he was very upset. It was like right. podcasting is the great evener. You, yeah, you, it's yeah. got nothing to do with fame. I mean, for some people it does, but right. it's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. At all. That's interesting. I just remember that he was on that panel and that he was saying things that were not as, uh, how do I say this? Like you got, he was on a panel with people who really knew a lot, like a Libsyn guy and somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it was his lack of knowledge about the podcasting world was very evident to the audience. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. That doesn't Feedback. I didn't put that in my article. (laughs) Did I? No, no. Um, so, okay. And so you, and, and what's his name? Graham. Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini started yeah. the festival. Yeah. 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 And, um, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's you know fun. that I was a fan of it. I mean, I have, you know, ridiculous ADD. So the fact that I could go somewhere for two days. Really? Yeah. Real bad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I might be medicating it soon. Really? Yeah. Hey, I, yeah, you should. You it? do medication? Yeah. I'd for, do it for depression. You, are you cool with talking about it? Yeah, it's fine. I do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, what you want anything good? I'm on something called Zybrid. Zy- oh, is that a new one? Zyband? No. Zybrid. 
that doesn't sound like a medication name I, I always, that I've ever I, heard of. I it, no, it's, it's brand new. It's um, Oh, wow. I think it's Z-I-I-R-We. So does that mean you're new to being on medication? Um, no, I was on Lexapro for seven years. Did it stop working? Uh, yes. That happens. And I got really depressed and I couldn't figure out what was happening. Mm-hmm. And like my desk just piled up with papers. Oh, wow. And like the pantry was just full of garbage. And I was like, what is happening? So you became a, you became a former Well, I just stopped cleaning. Okay. I just stopped taking care of stuff. Right, right. And my, my wife wasn't saying anything, but it was clear something was wrong. And then I went off and all of a sudden I was like cleaning and doing all this stuff. I'm like, this is great. But then after being off for a while, yeah. I was like, this isn't great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So they got you on this new one. And it's Actually, working. It is working. Yeah. So, yeah. Now yeah. it's not working. It's very expensive. Oh, no, so it's not, it's not generic. It is not generic and it is not covered. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It was, oh, Vibrid. Sorry. Why is it Vibrid. I haven't heard of that either. V-I-I-B-R-Y-D. Well, I was looking at, you know, Lexpro made, made me very sleepy. Uh-huh. And I've cut out caffeine. Uh-huh. So uh, this one helps keep you up a little bit. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do, okay. But so your family, because um, I'm, what I'm interested in is, um, in terms of alcoholism, mm-hmm. is when, you know, parents pass on, you know, all kinds of genetic predispositions mm-hmm. and d- depression, in my family, depression and alcoholism yeah. are both there. Definitely depression. Yeah. So, so I, t- t- I, I don't know if my dad's, de- I don't know if my dad's depressed. I can't really tell. He, he doesn't sound happy. Well, he's not, no, he's not happy. He's definitely not happy, but he's, he's, uh, he's put himself into the, uh, he's a victim. Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't know what exactly it is. I wouldn't know what, where to classify him. I mean, I don't think non-depressed people classify themselves as victims. No, probably not. And he, may, and he started classifying himself as a victim from very young. Yeah, but that's learned too because yeah. my dad does that, and I—that is my I could natural. See, I don't. Yeah, I didn't really know his. I didn't know his father that well. He died when I was twelve, but I could see him. He could so, probably be okay. That guy. So, you, so you were raised in Northern California. Yeah. In the same hometown as Anna David, I understand. Yes, exact same hometown. <laughs> But no, you were Mill Valley, is that right? Uh, San Anselmo. San Anselmo. Fairfax, right on the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you were, uh, you have brothers and sisters? I have one sister, you two years older. Two years older. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Anthony's are there in their house, mm-hmm. in their house in Marin. Mm-hmm. And um, what was, was like functional, not functional childhood? Well, so for f- uh, seven years, my dad was there. And most of it I don't remember. I don't have a very good uh, memory of that time, which apparently is very common. Well, from zero to seven? No, for people, for people, uh, since I've talked to a lot of people who were raised by alcoholics, a lot of us don't have that good of memories because there wasn't an emotional thing to hold on to. Oh, that's so like, so like where some kid would have the memory of this Christmas that was awesome. Right. We don't. Right. So it's just another time and space that I pass through. But don't you have, I mean, I have memories of I have terrible s- Christmases, I have for s- example. Yes, I have some memories of terrible things. Uh, but but overall, there isn't that feeling. I don't know. I think you need some sort of emotional connection to really have strong memories of stuff. At least that's what I've, I, I have no idea if this is true or not, but that's my experience and that's what I've talked to other other people who have yeah, alcoholic that makes parents sense. have had the same issue. So you so you're saying your parents were married till you were seven. Yeah. So my dad was a flander, so he would just be like yeah. I remember the one thing I remember very very well is the empty plate at the table while we ate. Right. Was very common. Right. 
uh, you know, I don't know what he what excuse he used because he right. was an attorney. So right. coming home drunk at two doesn't really isn't part of the job. Right, right, right. But working late, I think, covered in maybe, the in the eighties, covered I mean, every. I'm sure she knew. I'm sure she oh, knew. So she didn't talk about it. She didn't talk about it, but she knew. How old were you when you knew? Well, that he was uh, what a philanderer, yeah. or well, what happened was he brought home. So we worked on this campaign where we were all working for um, the guy might have been a judge or another attorney, but anyway, he was trying to get elected to Congress, and and he got the whole family involved, so we'd go hand out flyers or whatever. And then there's another woman who was married, and she had three kids that was there, and then he invited her over to dinner. Your dad, yeah, okay. And my mom, halfway through the dinner, realized that they were on a date. Oh my god! In the house, and she was cooking for them. Oh my god! Because they got plowed, and their and their actual feelings started to come out. It that was is obvious, disgusting. Yeah, it was horrifying. I'm sure he thought, "Well, I'll invite her over, so it'll quell any idea." Right, right, right. right. Yeah. That's like you talk about people right in front of them. And then if you stay over. sober, you can get away with that. But <laughs> yeah. if you don't, you there can't. was a wrench in the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so were you he, at this meal? I was. I, I just remember playing with the other kids. I don't yeah. remember that that part of it. Uh, and then I think after that, the marriage quickly ended. Yeah. And he married her. Okay. And then I was like, oh. So how old were you? So when they, so then they, they started living together after a year, but they dated before that. And I remember him driving me to her house explaining like, so, you know, Sandy and, and well, that's who we're, house we're going to. And it very, I was very like, just like, what? <laughs> like, cause then it was just like, I'm being explained that he's going to the woman's house who came over and I was like, oh, right. I'm putting this all together right. on this drive of... Oh, you're you were fucking around. So I was probably you know eight at that point. Right, right. So that's when I knew right. that he did it. And then I also I remember immediately my first thought was, oh, he's going to do that to her. Right, and did he? Uh, of course he did. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hate Sandy the whole yes. time? Yeah. And she was a raging alcoholic and a really, really mean one. Right. Like you know, there's different kinds of alcoholics. She was the really viciously brutal emotionally one. What's interesting. Though, by the way, our dads are are similar in this way. Uh-huh. My dad's thing was that he would uh, have affairs with women he worked with, and so they would uh. they were around all the time. But we knew, unfortunately, oh. my mom didn't shield us. Like we uh. we kind of all talked about it. Um, That's terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is how you and I both seemed very interested in the Woody Allen thing. Yeah. And obsessed with it. I would yeah. Say. And that you got that story you linked to. I don't know who that guy is. The guy who did the obsessive. Oh, it was picked apart everything Woody Allen said. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. There's something about the Woody Allen thing that, that just because of my, the way I was raised, it, I just went, well, that's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you have exposure to uh, a narcissistic parent um, who had all the power, yes, then you see that right. very clearly. Right. You can you can you can put yourself in the kids' shoes, all of those kids, in and, the ex-wives' shoes. Yeah. You can put yourself in those shoes and feel what they feel, and you yeah. know exactly what happened. Yeah. And I think anybody who's been a victim can look at that situation and go, oh, that feels, I know how that feels. Well, and if they couldn't, before he published that piece, yeah. they definitely could then. Yeah. What do, sure. what, what do you make of that? Like, just nobody's honest with Woody Allen. Like, Sun Yee's not like, oh, honey, let's maybe not publish that. 
I bet I bet there were a lot of people that told him not to. And, and he's he like, no. just he just had so much that was getting out there that he said, I have to do this. But nobody's like, hey, maybe you want to come across as likable. Why don't you maybe act like you don't I, hate her that much anymore? I bet you there, you know, at that point, it's just about him being able to continue making those movies. Yeah. That's what he's trying to save. So I bet there's a lot of people who were waffling on the fence and read that and went, okay, okay, sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet there were quite a few people because there's people that, that, that aren't aren't going in. You know, with an open mind, they're going in, going, tell me, yeah. tell me that this isn't true. And he says, it's not true. And they go, okay. God, you know. But I think he's going to be really hurt by it based on the people I've talked to that are like outside. Like my wife's aunt and uncle who are big fans of his. They finally just went, okay. Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I mean, this will post afterwards, but... Apparently, I, I, you know, in this office, there's all this Oscar stuff going on oh, as we yeah. discuss. And so I inadvertently found myself in an Oscar panel the other day. So like oh. literally world <laughs> experts that just suddenly walked in and started talking about it around me and people were videotaping it. And so I, I actually invite me to participate in an Oscar pool because I will win. I know exactly That's who's going to win. And they said, she's a sure thing that Kate Blanchett, there is no way she's not going to win. So which I think is interesting. I think that the Oscars will do themselves damage. I don't... I think you and I are in the minority. But I think... I think It doesn't matter. You you don't want to lose 10%. You don't want to lose... Like, you don't want to I lose think, some numbers. And I think I think that people are going to go, ugh. I don't think so. I, I would love to believe we'll you. But I think the truth is that people... We accepted that he did it 22 years ago. Okay, so and what we are were totally yeah, but fine what with are you, it. What are you going to be doing on Twitter while it's happening? Well, I don't think all of our snide tweets are going to make a difference to <laughs> it, the Oscars. It clicks and it grows. I wonder. It's a big ball. It's I wonder. Big ball. I wonder. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, so I do think. Um, okay, so that was that was childhood. So Dad is like, here's here's me. Sandy and I are so happy, and you're like, fuck you, Dad. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, at that, but at that point, I am. I'm already so angry at yeah. his behavior, and I'm already a changed person. Like I'm already not giving them any part of me, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I've just, but you I've just withdrawn from them, and yeah. I know that I, I can't I can't trust him with any of my feelings, right? Because he could show up. You know, you don't know. I think he shows up drunk. It was actually worse if he showed up sober than if he showed up drunk. He was he was worse as a person because he was angry. Yeah, he was angry, and and he could be meaner and. But when he was drunk, he was the happy-go-lucky drunk guy. Oh, okay. So he was a good drunk. He was a good drunk. Is he still? Yeah, he's still a better drunk. Well, no, no, now he's just 24-7. I think he's always drunk now. I don't really? think he's ever sober. Yeah, I think he's he's crossed into that area. So you um, and your mom was just, is like a sort of long-suffering Al-Anon? Or? Yeah, her parents are alcoholics. Yeah. And they were pretty mean alcoholics. I, they were people I cut off contact with when I was about... 14 or 15. Was she in contact with them? Yeah, she stayed in contact with them until they died. Occasionally she'd cut off contact, but they were pretty vicious. So, because I had, I had abusive grandparents too. Yeah. So, so, because that's a um, pretty radical move at 14 to cut off contact yeah, with your grandparents. I just went, uh, yeah, I just went, I remember I told her once, she was screaming at me about something, and I said, and I was 12, and I went, you know what? I don't love you. And I just walked away. Okay. And I thought, 
wow, that was cool. That kind of worked. <gasps> but that's that's the kind of like that's how I was raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the environment yeah. I was in, that was like a norm. Not blunt, a normal. Brutal yeah. honesty would just come out of me, and then I just stare at the person, watch them wither away. Um. Yeah, I returned to my comment about thinking you were a dick, and, yeah. and knowing that I was perceptive. No, I'm kidding. But but here's the thing: Did you mean that, or were you yes. just angry? No, I meant it. It was it was the reason I could say it. It wasn't like like sometimes my kid who's f- almost five. I will say you can't have a truck, and I hate you, and I, right. that doesn't feel real. Right. But the reason it upset her so much was because it was real. Right. I didn't love her. Right. She was just someone who was mean to me all the time. Like, at what point? Why do you love your grandparents? You love them because they're around and you're young. But then wait, as you, you said grow that to your mom or your grandmother. That, no, my grandmother. Oh, okay. Not my I mom. Was, I thought that was your mom. No. Okay, was like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not my mom. Oh, my good. mom. So my mom was raised by those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she came into the situation, you know. Well she's prepared. Now with a, she's now with an alcoholic who's mean to her, treats her like shit. So she's already in a place where she, as an Al-Anon, can't give. So I didn't really have anything from either side. You know, right. often someone will have an alcoholic parent and then the other parent will overcompensate. Yeah. I didn't have, I had the opposite. Yeah. I she's just trying that. to survive and yeah. she's stuck with him and it's kind of a, you know, and then the two kids are just like me and my sister didn't have a relationship because we were both just trying to get through it. Yeah. Same deal in my family. Yeah. So do you have a relationship now? Yeah. Now we're, now we're, yeah, we're closer. And are you the only one in your family in Al-Anon? Yeah. My mom, my mom is gone, but mm-hmm. she, doesn't doesn't connect to it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. not that as great in Marin. I've been in Marin. I have been in Marin. It's not as great. Yeah, yeah. I try to. Nice just... people in Marin are like what? There, uh, yeah, lots of Marinites <laughs> download this podcast. Um, yeah, it's not. It, yeah, it doesn't feel the same. I don't know. I, I haven't really done it outside of LA very yeah. much. So you know, it's got a different feel here. I think. And yeah, I think all meanings kind of do. Yeah. What what drove you to Al-Anon? Okay, so I was. I, I was pretty self-destructive in my career, I would say. Uh, not great in relationships. So mm-hmm. I moved out here with a girl. Mm-hmm. Who, from San Francisco? No, from New York. I okay. went to New York for five years yeah. doing stand-up. Met a girl out there and then left New York to come out here. And I I don't know. The relationship wasn't that great. You know, there was something odd about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and she had a friend who we hadn't seen in a while. And she came visiting from New York. And she said... There's a noticeable difference in her. And we were like, what? And she goes, I'm in Al-Anon. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. But at right. this point, I was I was really, I think I was at my breaking point. Like, I think it was like time to wrap it up or, or start or find a way to live. You know what, what I mean? What does that mean? I, 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 may, I may have killed myself or just done something so horrible that it would have. So you were actively depressed. I was actively depressed and I was actively like... I would be the guy that you would have heard a guy got into a fight with someone in a parking lot and ran them over with his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's what that's what I would say was going to be my path. Right, right. Before right. I found Alan, like I was going to kill somebody or I was going to do something really bad to change my life forever. Were you not ever in therapy? No, I went to therapy when I was 24. So I had a girlfriend, I was my first like major girlfriend. She broke up with me. I was depressed. I, I had Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Worst went, insurance ever. And I went to Kaiser, made an appointment, took like two weeks to get in. Yeah. Saw the shrink. Well, okay, already. But, this, but listen to this. Yeah. So he listens to my story for about 20 minutes. And then he goes, I want you to read this book. And he hands it to me. And it says, Adult Children of Alcoholics. Wow. And I was like, 
what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I stormed out because I was like, I'm talking about my girlfriend. And this guy hands me a book about right. adult. This guy doesn't know what the hell's happening. So it wasn't until, you know, You should be in like a Kaiser later. infomercial. Just because <laughs> I went, I had Kaiser insurance for years and it was like the worst. Actually, the shrink was the best, I mean, the, the bunch. But yeah, that's really amazing yeah. that he did that. Yeah, pretty impressive. Did you read the book or did you throw it no, away? No, because here's the, here's the problem. He didn't handle it well. Oh. He should have never just yeah. gone, here's your problem. He should have slowly worked me into that. He's a Kaiser doctor. What do yeah, you expect you're supposed, from him? You're supposed to like... You're supposed to almost be a surrogate parent in that relationship and show someone what to do. Okay. Like, that was the last thing I needed. It was like a blunt. Yeah, boom. true, true. I'm going to fight against... If you give me anything, I'm going to fight against it, so... True, at that true. Point. But, I mean, I, I'm impressed that he even yeah, could do no, that. Yeah, no, he knew. And have yeah. the book and stuff like yeah. that. So... When your girlfriend's friend seemed happier, you said, yeah. oh, well, maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll just go see what this is all about. Because I, I know that, you know, the drinking bothered me quite right. a bit. And I know that that's why I am the way I am. Right. So I was like, what else do I have to lose at this point? So I went to a meeting and I, I would sit there and I would listen, not say a word. And I would leave before everyone stood up to say the closing prayer because oh, I didn't yeah. want to touch anybody. Yeah. For about six months before I actually decided to hold someone's hand and say right. a prayer. Right. Yeah. So you did, did you sit there and just judge everybody? Or? No, I didn't judge people. I didn't do any of that. I was just quietly stewing and angry. Right, right. And then when did it... Did you work steps and all that? Yeah, no, not for a long time. I would just sit there and listen and I would read the books. And then uh, after about, I want to say a year, I asked for some guy to sponsor me. And then I started working the steps. And what difference did it make in your life? Huge. I mean, it completely changed me. How? Well, uh, I think I became less angry. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I didn't have feelings. Really? So you never cried or felt joy? No. And so you were just this, this, like... Different levels of anger. Different levels of anger. That's all it was. Okay. So I finally started to feel feelings after starting to work the steps and even when i was like really sad i would be happy because it was the first time i had actually felt yeah yeah, i relate to that yeah which is bizarre because you can't like you can't call up your old friends and go hey you guys i'm feeling sad for the first time what are you talking about so i mean at least there's people in alanheim you can tell it to yeah 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 but that was like the major thing for me was like to feel my feelings and um, and so you started doing it like actively sponsoring people, doing the whole thing. I, yeah, I sponsored a couple of people. I was never great at sponsoring. Yeah, I'm just not. It's yeah. It's hard. I don't it's, know how my my sponsor does it with a bunch of like eighteen twenty people. That's crazy when people do that. But I just like it's also like if you're trying to have a career here and you're a stand up and you're always trying to think up stand up and then like I would get on the phone with some people and I'd be like oh, I can't. Oh, because those Alanons <laughs> kind of talk for you know. I, I've had to, yeah. They did talk for a long time. I, you I know, don't know what it's like if you sponsor an alcoholic, but Alanons. Yeah, I think it's like easier. I think it's. I've yeah. done both, um, and I and because a lot of the Alanons like Alanon is such a catch-all for people with just issues, right? And it's also like I think in twelve-step, um, you know, in AA, it's like really clear. Who's doing it right. and when it's working right. and when it's not. And if right. you've got a sponsee who's like not staying sober, 
then you just like don't really have a sponsee anymore. Right. Whereas in Al-Anon, it is so easy to just stay there forever yeah, for and, and we do all, nothing. Yeah, we know people that have been there since we started. And yeah. I will go in now and they haven't changed a bit. Not at all. And they can share and they get laughs and all yeah. this stuff. And and it's like, it's it's it can be really confusing. But you can also sit there and pick out the people that you know are working it yeah. and are doing well. And that's funny because then if you talk to them on the phone, you, you just feel like... Well, you're not calling me up to talk about Alanon stuff. You're just like talking about life and right. how you don't do it very well, but you're actually not working the program. Yeah. You, I'm just someone to bounce stuff off of instead of working it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is actually working a program is something that, I mean, I'm now doing it in AA. It's a, it's a really time-consuming, intense thing. Very time-consuming. And the reason I did it was because... I had to. Yeah. Now I have a life. I have a kid and a wife and I have a career. Right. Before I couldn't have any of those things because of my issues. Right. So you're now, you're an on success story. I, yeah, probably. And so... <laughs> I mean, I could, I, could benefit, I could benefit from going more. Right. But I don't have the time. Right. Because I've... A life. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wasn't allowed to have before. Yeah. Do you... Okay. And so were you worried that you were going to be an alcoholic? No. It's interesting. When I was... When I was in, when I was a teenager, I got caught drinking, and had to go to like a, I don't know what it was, a counselor maybe. Uh, you got caught drinking le- at school, or uh, no? I got it got caught drinking like in a parking lot late at night, and the part Just of cops. the yeah, but part of the deal was if you were underage, then you had to go to talk to this counselor. Oh, okay, I could, this happened to me in my and too. I was and I was told I was probably an alcoholic, right. Because I drank twice. Because I drank on Friday and Saturday nights, which I wanted to be like. Well, then we're all alcoholics. Right. That's what we all do. Which was true in Marin. Yeah, we actually. all did that. No, but they were all were alcoholics. <laughs> there were a lot. Go on. <laughs> I think that back then uh, I may have been. You could have called me an alcoholic because I think when I started drinking, I didn't stop. Like I was a binger. Yeah. So sure, I think then, like I, I have, I want to say. And when I was around 20, I'd, I stopped drinking hard alcohol because uh-huh. I couldn't handle it, uh-huh. which would be a sign of an alcoholic. Right, maybe. But yeah. n- now I just like, I don't really drink that much. And if I do, I'm like, oh, it feels weird after two beers. I'm okay. And so, and and uh, besides your dad, are there other alcoholics in the family? Uh, yeah. I would say my, oh, well, yeah, the grandparents, the moms. I would moms. say my grandparents are alcoholic. My uncles, like two uncles are definitely alcoholics. Yeah, so, yeah. And why do you think, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but why do you think it it skipped your generation or Well, that's interesting. I mean, I I don't know. I think that I think that there was so much I think in me there was so much damage caused by the alcoholic yeah. that I fought against it. Except I know tons of alcoholics who had that same experience. That yeah. Well, I think I could have become an alcoholic had I not gone into Al-Anon. That could have been another one of the ways I oh, interesting. my life, sure. Interesting. Yeah. And um and what's your relationship like with your dad now? It's not great. Uh he's you can he does he the two years ago we had a giant argument and I was like, What is happening with the thinking there's there's an idea that he's starting to get a little wet brained. Mm. Uh but uh he he's he seems like he always wants to fight with me. And I don't really have any interest. No. And when he's, he doesn't know how to talk to any of us, my sister or certainly the kids. Right. Like there's just no conversation happening. 
what it's is not he... like a normal person would sit down and talk to someone yeah. else. It just it's very it's hard to describe because it's something you have to be around, but it's almost like you're sitting with someone who doesn't know how to hold a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really odd because there there aren't a lot of people out there that I know that are like that. We've got to introduce our dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I understand, it's pretty it's it's a little more prevalent at that age of guys who've been drinking a long time to to My just be happy to, like that. Well, to just be happy to sit there and you're like what's going what's going on well, I didn't experience... By the way, I don't even know that my dad's an alcoholic. Mental illness, who knows? Yeah. Jury's out. It could be a lot of things. Yeah. But I once did an experiment sitting with my dad at a meal. I was like, I am not going to say anything, and I'm going to see how long we can go. I'm going to see if we can oh. make it the whole meal without a word being said. And I didn't even make it to ordering. I was like, Dad, why aren't you talking? And he's perfect. They're perfect. Happy to do it. I got yeah. you beat. So when I'm living in New York, that's when we have beepers. Oh, yeah. And my, you were dealing drugs, I assume. Yeah, I was dealing drugs. <laughs> And my my uh, my beeper goes off, and I call him. Yeah. And then that happened like two or three more times. I'm like, is he just not calling me? And then I'm sitting at home right next to my phone, and my beeper goes off. And I call him up. I go, did you try my home phone? Because I have to pay for this long distance. Right. Why aren't you calling me since I'm the struggling artist? Right, 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 right. Ah, he makes a big joke about it. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to call him anymore he has to call me yeah now here's the difference i should have said that out loud right but i didn't you i just, just said it yourself i wanted to see how long it would yeah. take for him to call me three years wow and to the point where my grandmother was calling me up and saying hey you need to speak to your yeah. father and yeah. she couldn't understand that i said i'm not not speaking to him right he just hasn't called me we well, right. need to call him right why he just has to call me right like and uh, like bunch of people in the family called. My sister's like, can you just get it over with? It's so annoying. And he's like, but the funny thing is, is I'm not mad at him. He just yeah. has to call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he never called. So how did you start speaking again? You I finally, that's when I, that's at the time I went to Al-Anon. Because that's also, that was also like, okay, clearly this guy is so fucked up. And it's completely fucked me up. And I had, I still have a horrible communication problem. With him or in with general? With anybody. I'm, I, I leave, I omit stuff. Or I don't explain myself fully. So... When, uh, so at that time with my girlfriend or she might've been my fiance at that point, it was a problem. Like I would just not tell her things and then I'd be upset and be like, why didn't you do that? Well, you never said that it was happening. Right. Well, that's good Al-Anon stuff. You, I mean, yeah, is, you know, I mean, isn't that what what we as Al-Anons do is sort of assume people can read our minds. We assume people. And then we also have fights in our head. And then when we get there, we look at the person, what were you thinking? And they're like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not there. Right. So, uh, I, I real, I remember I was sitting on the floor when I had that conversation with my grandmother and I hung up the phone and I went, fuck, I am fucked up by him. Right. Like, cause I can tell that he, he he's so messed up that he can't just pick up the phone and call. So was he talking to other people in the family and going, Dave won't call yes. me? Yes. Okay. Now the, now the deal with it was, is that a lot of, a lot of alcoholics are victims. Yeah. They portray themselves as victims. So that was his ultimate thing. Yeah. He was a victim of his father. So I was putting him in the exact same, he was putting him in his comfort spot. Now he could be a victim right. of me, right. even though I didn't know that was the dynamic. Right, right, right. So that's what was playing out. So I just realized, uh, yeah, it's it. communication. Well, but okay, do you have this thing in your family where I, I, with my dad, it'll be like, 
you know, I'll go, you know, so I could see, I could picture you going, well, I'm not going to call him. I, I, I'm waiting for him to call me. Yeah. And, and some, a sister or mother, whoever going, Dave, that's so stupid. Yeah. Can't you just call him? And, and I feel like this happens a lot with, you know, in my family, it'll be like, sort of your issue doesn't matter because your dad is very challenged. So why can't you work yeah. with that and be a little bit more giving? Well, I would say the only thing I didn't have was a family that gave a shit. Right. For the most part. Besides my grandmother, nobody cared. Right. Nobody. There was no one that was just going to, can't you be the bigger person? There really? Was no, there was nobody to do that. The only person who might have done it was my uncle. But my uncle didn't know the extent of it. It was just like two years ago when I sat my uncle down and I go, do you want to know the truth? And he goes, I kind of don't. And right. I go, I'm going to tell you. You know, I was like, he used to leave me out and bar parking lots in the car for hours. You How know, old were you? I would say from like uh, seven to like 12. Where was your sister? She was in the car a lot of times with me. Uh, he would just go into the bar and say he had to cash a check and he would come back out like three hours later. Drunk? Yeah. What we, would you guys do in the car? We'd just sit there. Would you cry? No, we'd just get angry. Right, right, right. And neither one of us, now we think back on it, we go, why the fuck didn't we just get out of the car and walk home? Would have been like a mile, mile and a half, but totally doable. Or run away and really seek vengeance. Yeah. So, you know. Well, yeah. Now that you think back on it, you go, I wish I'd done that. We were good kids. And what else did he do because of his alcoholism? The the most part was just... You know, the war, I would say the worst thing that he did was allow. So my my uh, stepmother would we go over there on Sundays. She would get really drunk, and then she'd take a bath, and she would sit in the bath screaming about how horrible me and my sister were. And we mm. were just these awful spoiled brats, these shitheads. They're all, and you could just hear it. It was like you were to herself. There, but she was yelling it in the bathroom. So we were in the living room, oh. which was right there, and we were just like, "Why is this person?" Just talking shit about us. She had three kids. You said. Yeah, she had three kids. So, were you friends with them? Yeah, friendly, but the but they were older. They mm-hmm. were they were. I think, I think the youngest one was a year older than my sister. So for me, they right. were three years older and up. Like one of them, I think, was in college. So so that was really, like that was like okay. So she's an alcoholic and you're an alcoholic, but you are not protecting me from her. What was he doing when she would yell? He would just sit there silently on the couch yeah. and not say anything. Like it wasn't happening. Yeah. Because he didn't want to confront her, right? Right. But then it's like, well, your kid is sitting there hearing all of it. Yeah. Someone's calling your kid a shithead. Right. And you're not doing anything. Right. I know. Can you, now that you're a dad, can you just oh not even Oh my God. This? I mean, someone looks at my kid the wrong way and I'm like, Really? Right. You're going to give him that look? Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, so that was probably the worst thing he did. Right, right. And it, is he, it, did you say he's remarried now? He's got another? No. Uh, well, he has a, they're not married. He has a girlfriend that he's been with for like 20 years. She's a hoarder. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think she's an alcoholic. I couldn't say. Right. Um, but probably. And you, when you, did you make amends to your dad? Like, how I does did. that work? Fascinating. <laughs> what was your amends? Well, uh, just because it's so weird. I, I always, this is a hard thing to explain to people. But just because, like, if there was someone beating me up every day, it doesn't mean that I didn't do something at some point. Right. So... I was also mean back to my father mm-hmm. at points. And so I 
made am- I went and made amends with that stuff, and I did the same thing to my mother. And then it feels like, well, my side of the street is now okay. Now, Interesting. It, they didn't change. Yeah. How did they accept your amends? My mom was very, uh, my mom was like, my mom was a little bit better because she'd gone to therapy and tried to get to a place where I now think she's gone pulled back from. Oh, really? Yeah. She, but she was like, you know, I watched you when you were three just sort of disappear emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. I had to protect myself. So... So she was like, it's nice to see you've, you know, recovered and done this stuff. My dad, my dad said, yeah, I have a little monster inside of me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that was his response to my But it, you get that's taking some responsibility. I thought you were yeah. going to say he was going to, he said well, you he had. Doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to verbalize his feelings if he even knows them. Because I didn't know my feelings. Right. So I'm guessing right. he doesn't have feelings too. That's just my guess based on what yeah. I've seen. But he, I remember one time when my, my child was first born, he came over and his girlfriend was doing something down here and he didn't have a lot of money. So they drove down and he didn't even have a cell phone and he like borrowed her cell phone for the day. Mm-hmm. She was going to call him to pick him up. And so for the first time, my son is one and he's sitting on the floor and my dad's sitting in a chair and I'm sitting on my couch and I look at him and I go, this is it. First time three Anthony three Anthony's three different generations sitting in the same room and there's a pause and then he says you remember the Fairley brothers wow. go, like the the porn guys in San Francisco he goes yeah yeah they ran the the sex clubs I go yeah he goes one of them shot the other one wow wow and I was like oh, oh so we're working on different levels so yeah. when I brought that up to my wife she said who is a psychologist yeah she said he is so scared of his feelings that he literally was having a feeling and he had to destroy it. Yeah. And his brain went, Anthony's fairly brothers. Murder. Same last name, you know, or whatever. Murder. Straight to murder. Wow. So that's where, that's where he is as a person. Yeah. And that's sad. Is he a practicing attorney who's drunk 24 seven? Yeah. Yeah. He's a practicing attorney, and I know on one occasion they had to stop a trial after lunch because he was drunk. And he doesn't get disbarred or whatever. Man, I don't know if that stuff is really old school, but I know the judge stopped the trial and said, uh, Mr. Anthony, did you have any drinks at lunch? And he always has two tall glasses of whatever. Uh-huh. And he said, I just had two. And then they said, okay, let's do the trial again tomorrow. Let's- wow. That so uh, client of his was pretty, like, I hired the wrong I guy. I cannot imagine. <laughs> and there was also, like, at one point he had hired an assistant who was also an alcoholic. He was oh, like, well, yeah. I'm going to help this lady out. And he lost a lot of his business because the two of them together were just losing reports and, and not filing stuff in time. And his business just collapsed. So whatever he had going on was propped up by uh, an assistant who was keeping it together. And so... With this family, what do you do around holiday time? Well, that's interesting. It got really weird this year with my mom, who has gone to Al-Anon mm-hmm. and feels like she hasn't gotten a lot out of it, um, is still really mad at her alcoholic parents. Mm. So she seemed like she was getting better, and then as of the past year or so, maybe a little more, she started slipping, and she's gotten a little agoraphobic. Mm. And then uh, we had this... 
I've, I've, we've always had this problem communicating because she won't have anything but a home phone mm. and the answering machine wasn't working. Wow. So we had this big fight about it. I basically gave her a Kindle yeah. so she could have free email yeah. so we could email back and forth, but she wasn't understanding it. Yeah, wow. And then my sister took over and tried to show her, but she got really mad at me because I think when I was almost done, I think I said, fuck it, you know, and I, my sister took over. And then she called me up a month later. She didn't take the Kindle. She called me up a month later to tell me how wrong I was. And I said, I can't have this conversation again. I tried to have it with you already. We can't go any further. There's no point in continuing the same conversation. And then she went fine and she, and she hung up and then she didn't talk to me for months. Mm -hmm. And then she called me up recently, just before Christmas and said, it's your fault. I'm depressed. And, and I immediately went, Oh my God, she's reliving my, her relationship with her parents, but now with me. Oh, my God. So I was like, okay, well, that's where that is. Yeah. So that's where that is. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's not a lot you can do. In there's situation there's like not a lot that. you can do. I recognize the victimization stuff. Like, that's all I was until I got to Al-Anon. You know, I was always the victim, even though I was doing all the shit. Right, you right. Know, there's, a, there's a way, as a, as a kid who's raised by alcoholics, there's a way you can steer situations almost without saying anything, and then you get to be the victim even though you've driven everything to that point yeah, of someone yeah, doing yeah. something. And you know what you've done, and people can't really pinpoint it, but you're like, I just, I moved this whole thing over this place. Right, right, right. I get that. So. And, wait, so, so she's an alcoholic too? No. Oh, okay, okay. She's not an alcoholic. She's just a, a seriously damaged Alan. Yeah. yeah. I remember from your podcast a story about your dad coming here and like to hang out with the grandkid. Yeah. Like a different time than the time mm-hmm. you and I talked about it. And he was like, and like you're working and then it was like, come, come to this bar. You're like, oh, oh yeah, I'm shit. not bringing my three-year-old yeah, he to this asked bar. Me, he, oh, this is what he, so he came here and he was here. We were supposed to meet and we didn't meet. And I didn't know what was happening. This is very common with him is that you would you would make a plan and then you wouldn't hear right. of anything and then the time would come and go and you'd be like, wait, I thought we were... Right. I know we talked about it a month ago and we had a solid plan. Right. And then you'd hear like later, oh, well, so what are you doing? Right. And you'd be like, right. well, we had a plan to do a thing. Right. So that's what happened on that occasion. We had a plan to do something. I didn't hear from him and then the next day he called me up and he said, okay, I want to see uh, my grandson and... Uh, so the Niner game's on. Can you come to this bar, Matt? And I was like, no. I, yeah. I cannot. Yeah. And he was like, oh. I wanted to be like, well, remember how you leave kids out in the parking lot? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, yes, I went to meet him in his hotel uh, lobby uh, restaurant-y thing. With the kid. With the kid. I said, I'll meet you tomorrow morning at a, at a breakfast place. Right. At right. your hotel. Like as if as if I'm with a child. Right, right. I mean they they bring a travel bar. Have you ever seen one of those? No. It's like it looks like a little suitcase. Oh my god. And it opens up and there's, you know, a shaker and drink and drink glasses and then two bottles. Should they bring it to a park? Like, where do you go where you don't have access to alcohol? The- I don't know. I I think it's very old school. I think it's I think it's from like the sixties. Like, and what do you? It's do- very John Hamm, you know, from right, Man. right. 
and you you carry it if you're going somewhere where there isn't a bar. But now there's bars movies. everywhere. <laughs> the I mean, there's just not that many places. <laughs> but it's weird. I went in there. I went in their hotel room one time, and I just saw that thing, and I was like, oh wow, yeah, wow. Because sometimes they stay at hotels like a Best Western that doesn't have a bar, right? And right, they can't right. afford to stay in the nice hotels. I thought he was a big attorney. No, he's a not. He's not a very good attorney at this oh, point. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's changed. Yeah, he was always doing okay. Right. But he was never like he started with another guy. They they started a they had like a partnership. That guy is now a multi millionaire. Right. And my dad is driving a, a 1992 Buick. Um, what does your dad think of your comedy? Slash, is he even aware of it? He's very aware of it. He is the key. He brags about it to everyone, mm-hmm. but he's never told me I'm good at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that one too. It's one of those things where you're, you're like, you, you, he, his way of telling you is telling your sister. Right, right, right. So it's never. It's like he can't. He can't just go. Hey, you're good at that. Well, isn't it also like what is that called? That like reflected narcissism. Like so they can narcissists can't really be proud of you can't express oh i'm proud of you because kind of to acknowledge that is to acknowledge they didn't they're not doing it yeah and that's painful Mm -hmm. but they can brag about it to other people because that's my kid right you know right that's exactly what it is yeah and it's i don't know i don't know what yeah i don't it's that to me has always been the the most crazy thing but also the most destructive me because i ended up sabotaging my career and over and over again to get back at him you mean you would sabotage it by having some meltdown Having a meltdown or getting in a fight with a club owner or whatever. And, oh, really? Yeah. Were you um, Were you ever, like, were they legitimate things you were upset about? Oh, no. Never? No, I, maybe a couple of times. Yeah, there were one or two times it was legitimate. But for the most part, it was nonsense created by me. And then you stopped doing that with Al-Anon. Yeah. And now, like, I mean, so so this whole thing with... Um, I'm quick. I'm too quick to cut. Oh, the cut and run. I will uh, cut people off in a heartbeat. I know. That's so, I thought that was, I know, I didn't, I knew it was never a good thing. Yeah. But I didn't realize how damaging that was until recently. (laughs) Because you you start to look around, you know, and you're like, oh my God, wait, my life is not, has no people in it. Oh, that's because I decided that she sucked and then I decided that he was not supportive. And, um, yeah, I mean, but that's a I, weird I'm also thing. really good at uh, the other thing I used to do is I would cut you off and and still hang out with you, and they'd be like, "What's what's going on?" Oh, that's really Nothing. interesting. What's wrong with you? Oh my god! And I'm I, I I can sit because of the way I was raised. Yeah, I can sit in awkward forever. Right, like just bathe in it. That's interesting because I, because of the way my dad is, I cannot sit tolerate awkward for a second. Yeah, my so sister if, can't either. So if there's someone who's socially awkward who wants to be around me, I want to punch them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can't because you just remind me of of feeling terror yeah, and sure. panic and uncomfortable and angry. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But so okay. And so now, when is this season of Marin that you're going to be on? It starts in May. It starts in May. And are you, are you playing Dave Anthony? Yeah, I play four episodes, but I'm like a psychotic version of me. That's how we started writing them. We're like, I'm just psychotic in all these episodes. So I'm like a person without feelings, basically. Okay, the old So maybe, maybe the only, but even worse. Right, right, yeah. right. Because like calm and happy about it. Right. So it's like, it's like a better version, dramatically. And you, and so you're, you, this, it's all over? Is the season over? You wrote on yeah, it? Yeah, we wrote on it. We finished shooting and they're just editing the last ones now. And how do you know Mark? I know Mark from San Francisco in like mm-hmm. 93 is when we first met. Mm-hmm. And I think we we kind of hit it off because he's 
he dark. Mark is dark, but also Mark is sober, and yeah. at that time was not, and I was an Alan on, so we kind of met. Right, right, right. Yeah. What's interesting with this, like the sabotage you talk about and the cut and run thing, that you have been friends with Greg and Mark for twenty five years. I mean, yeah. that says a lot. Uh-huh. You know. At one point, I remember I sat down when I started started going Alan on. I sat down. And I went, Oh wow! Everyone is either an alcoholic in my life or very much behaves like an alcoholic one or the other like that thing where you don't know who's coming through the door yeah 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 it was either one of those two like you just you just every single person was that of that ilk is that true still no my wife is no my yeah. wife's not like that no most people in my life are not like that it, after after a while, it just gets tiresome. Yeah, and I don't want to be around it anymore. But I will say, you picked some charming alcoholics I did to pick be. Good you alcoholics. know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you were like, okay, if I'm going to be around this kind of person, yeah. I'm going to pick some funny ones. I did. I picked some funny ones, and I'm going to yeah. stick around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is good. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? It's your podcast. I know, but you're the podcast king. I'm glad I worked through my intimidation and could interview you. Yeah, you're kind of serious. Really? A little bit. See, that's just baffling to me. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's really weird weird. because you've known me, but you didn't know me because I was the guy in the room who didn't see you. You were kind of a dick, and and I. You're, yeah. you're a slightly intimidating presence. Yeah, okay. You know, know, it's weird to it. me, but yeah, yeah. I know. I know. You know? I, I know I put that out there everywhere, and then I go, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, you know, most people are seeking approval more than you seem to be. I think yeah. that's it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, I don't know what to do with someone who's not seeking my approval. Like, I, do I just have to be me? It's like, it's weird. I definitely don't seek anybody's approval. Except, um, except audiences of strangers. Except just constantly odd. every day in your yeah, career. Yeah. Um, no, this has been awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, okay, I'm into it. I'm, I'm in it. So what'd you think? Pretty good, right? Makes you kind of um, have some insight into uh, alcoholic dads. The impact alcoholism has on a child um and it's sad it's sad stuff and you know i am grateful that there are people like dave who can talk about it and and tell the truth and uh not make you want to curl up into the fetal position in a gutter because it's all so sad so that's it for this week and um tune in next time